everybody. Welcome to episode four. We've come this far. We're doing two Netflix movies, You People, starring Eddie Murphy, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, Lauren London, who I, I didn't know, and Jonah Hill. And then we're also going to do Hustle with Adam Sandler and Juancho Hernan Gonemas. I don't. I didn't say that right. Um, it was a good attempt. <laughs> I've been taking Spanish, but not enough to pronounce names. So, both of them are on Netflix streaming, and we chose these movies because they they piqued our interest. We're gonna start with You People. Uh, you People is awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking bad. So. Uh, which is a shame because I think if you look at like the premise, if you look at the actors, um, you want to like it. Certainly Eddie Murphy is one of those guys that you just want to like this guy. I mean, even back in Beverly Hills Cop, it's just like, this guy can do anything. Um, and you know, people make fun of the Nutty Professor, but he's good. Those are, those are fine movies. Kids love them, you know, uh... But this movie is just bad. <laughs> so I'll start and say this movie gets a 1 out of 10. And I give it a, I give it a 1 only because... Generously. <laughs> I like those people. I, I really like Jonah Hill. Um, to be honest, Jonah Hill is... I, every time I see Jonah Hill, I'm like, man, that guy has got it. That guy has got something that he can pull out movie after movie that I want to see or that I liked, that I enjoyed. This one, not one of those movies. Um, so I give it a one. And I'll, I'll pass it to you. What do you think? Well, so let's, let's I guess, um, for context, in case anyone is unfamiliar, uh, Jonah Hill is um, playing kind of against type in this movie. Well, so I, I watched this with, with my lady, Jessica, and um, we kind of had this similar feeling that... So Jonah Hill started off, obviously, with comedies like Superbad, where he was kind of the abrasive, loud, you know, funny, fat friend. Um, but then in the early 2010s, he kind of made a transition into more serious fares. Dramatic. Movies with, yeah, right, Martin Scorsese and, um, you know, even getting lead roles in movies like War Dogs. Uh, and this movie feels like he's trying to bridge both of those worlds. He wants to be the funny guy that he was when he um, when he first you know came onto the scene, but he also wants to be the cool leading man. Um, but what happens is you end up getting this character that is a total conundrum that doesn't make any sense. And, and what I mean by that is, so this character is an affluent Jewish man living in L.A. Uh, he is the son of well-to-do um, professionals, and he has gone on to become a stockbroker, but that's just kind of the way that he makes his income. His real passion is uh, this podcast that he does with his um, lesbian black friend, and it's about um, mostly black culture, current culture, but, but a, with a heavy focus on black culture, everything from classic rap you know, to modern hip-hop fashion and the like. Um, but what's funny is that if you're a stockbroker and you have a podcast where you're speaking to, um, you know, potentially thousands of people uh, and you are, a, a, you know, an aficionado of, of this, you know, 
black culture or, or however you want to phrase that, then those characters make somebody who's probably pretty uh, bold, who probably has an opinion, who probably has some backbone, maybe a little bit of sales and showmanship. However, that's not who he's playing. He's actually playing the Michael Sarah character from Breaking or from Superbad. He's unsure about himself. He stumbles over words. He's easily intimidated, um, well, and it's only at the end that he kind of, you know, gets a backbone. And a part of the but problem like, right off the bat is that he seems to be interested in black culture, but then his character throughout the movie doesn't seem to really get black culture yes. at all. Uh, that, like that's, he's that's totally exactly an alien to it. Like. He he's got a podcast where in 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 literally before before the opening credits roll, there's this voiceover over the the logo, and it's him and his podcast partner talking about all you know black culture, and it, it's clear that this he's, he's not a bullshit artist, right? Like he does love black culture. He knows a lot about it. He can keep up with you know a, a, a black female who obviously knows the culture as well. But as soon as it comes to his personal life, it's like. He, he he stumbles over everything. He doesn't know how to interact with black people. And that doesn't make any sense. But again, it's because he's trying to be the leading man while also playing that, that Michael Sarah kind of bumbling character. And that's never what he did well. Yeah, um, he was bombastic. But, but that's just, yeah, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg that this prop movie has. So at first I thought that I was excited because I thought that Jonah Hill directed it. Um, and I really liked his film mid nineties. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's an interesting, uh, debut movie. Um, and then, then I realized that he only wrote it, but I assumed because like you, I like Jonah Hill. I like his comedy. I like his dramatic acting for the most part. Um, and, and he often had a time writing, uh, those projects or at least a hand in writing. So I, I thought that this would be a return to form, um, for Eddie Murphy as well as Jonah Hill. But nothing about this script, nothing about the characters, nothing nothing works. It's so, all forced. So the way this movie progresses is it's a romantic comedy where they meet each other's parents and they come from different worlds. So it's kind of like, look who's coming to dinner or whatever. It's kind of yeah, like that. Guess, or guess who's, who's coming to dinner. Coming to dinner. Yep. Uh, but the problem, and I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't seen those movies. <laughs> either, either guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> Well, but, those are classics, and this is trash. But definitely, the problem is everybody seems like a stereotype. They're and, all characters. And yet, the premise of the movie is to get to know other people and to mix cultures. So it's like the black Eddie Murphy, he's a Muslim. He's kind of a militant Muslim, I would say. Not militant, yeah. but angry black man. At least Farrakhan disciple. A little bit. I mean, he, you know, literally, like, he is... It's funny, because there's a scene where... Um, uh, Lauren London, the the Amira character, the the female love interest, gets mad at Jonah Hill for for insinuating that her father might be a quote unquote angry black man, but he is clearly an angry man who is black. So it's like um, this is one of those weird movies where it's it, I feel like this this the other title for this movie could have been called Lip Service the movie <laughs> because it's saying everything that modern culture wants it to say. It doesn't know how to do it, and it just feels like it's surface-level bullshit. It's some kind of, like, stereotypes are bad. Here they yes. are. Yes. Right. <laughs> Here Absolutely. are those stereotypes. And, and, <laughs> like, you mentioned Julia Weidreifus, who is comedic gold. Like, everything she does is awesome. She's great. And she comes in here and takes a big old whiff because it's so fucking bad. She's a walking, talking caricature. Well, the other... Okay, so the other thing about this movie, which I'm just going to 
probably say every time we review a comedy um is there's way too much improv and this makes uh the weird owl movie we watched look like fucking genius by comparison because in a lot of scenes here including that opening credits voiceover they're clearly just riffing and who knows how long they sat there four hours whatever just talking back and forth until they got trying to spin gold trying to spin gold and they got what they thought was good i think a lot of times people get tired honestly actors get tired they just start laughing at everything and they think that that kind of giggle like self-indulgent like jimmy fallon when he laughs like i do think it's God, I, I hate I, I i hate jimmy fallon I, for that exactly. i giggle along I with jimmy like fallon jimmy fucking fallon <laughs> He never. There is not. You, prove to me. Find me an old <laughs> SNL we had sketch. A, we had any a, sketch. Prove to me nerve. that you can make it all the way through one sketch without laughing at himself. If you can do that, audience of one, I will give you five dollars. Well, I because he's the fucking worst. I'll say this. I do. I do laugh along with Jimmy Fallon, and I do. I do think there that you can laugh at that. But a movie that doesn't make. A movie that does not. Where's my Yoda? A movie that does not make. Right, you can't do a whole hour and a half even of people just kind of laughing at them at their own jokes. Like, who does that? Like, I can't. Well, you know what else? This movie could have been called "Montage Written by AI." The movie. Oh yeah. (laughs) um, All it's funny because like okay, so all the scenes there's no connective tissue, right? It's just. If you plugged in an AI and said, write me a script outline for a movie about a white man, a white Jewish man who meets and falls in love with a, a black woman, this would give you all of those scenes. The chat GPT version. But there's version. no connective tissue. Right. Like, there, there, there's a scene where, where uh, Eddie Murphy, who's, who's the soon-to-be father-in-law, follows Jonah Hill to Las Vegas for uh, his bachelor party. There's no setup to that. There's no reason for why Eddie Murphy would know he's going. There's nothing. It's just there is a scene. It's dropped in the movie. Um, and and so much of the character building moments that would normally be a focus in a movie like this, especially a movie that is kind of self-important and has this quote-unquote message, is that they're all just done in montage. Like there's no – there is like uh, Jonah Hill has four friends, his best friends who he meets in Las Vegas – Literally, we're never introduced to any of them outside of one friend who's an internet personality who has, like, two lines. They don't say anything. The entire trip to Las Vegas is a montage except for a brief moment with Eddie Murphy. But, I mean, like, the, I just – I don't know how to say it other than this is not a movie. This is a series of sketches that would fall into a movie like this that are only half-baked and, and poorly Well, you get that a lot when you don't write a script. Right, you just write yeah. interesting scenarios, and then you have yes. people improv through them. And I, you know, I don't know how good Eddie Murphy is at improv. I think Jonah Hill's pretty good at it. I don't think it's Julie Louis Dreyfus's oh. thing. Yeah, that's sacrilege. I would say that Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis Dreyfus are as I mean, Eddie Murphy for sure is is one of the best improvs in Hollywood history. But I think Julia Louis Dreyfus can stand with Jonah Hill. I just think that her direction here is so fucking bad. It's stereotypical. And that's another thing we should talk. We should talk about the director of this because so this is his first feature film. I I don't know the guy's name, but he's behind several different TV um, TV projects that you would expect. One of them is like Blackish, and there's all kinds of shows. Oh yeah, I did look this up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is no direction here. Um, and one of the important things with improv and comedy in general is timing. And because it's a recorded art form, what timing means is editing, right? And this movie's editing is all over the place. So there is a scene um, when, okay, so uh, Amira, yeah, Jonah Hill takes takes Lauren London, um, his fiance, well, his soon-to-be fiance, to meet his family for the first time. And David Duchovny and, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who play his mom and dad, are just caricatures, train wrecks. David Duchovny keeps on talking about Exhibit throughout the whole movie because that was funny in 2005. Um, anyway, so there's a scene where Jonah Hill has to bring Julia Louis-Dreyfus to the kitchen because he's confronting her because she's embarrassing him. And on their way back, David Duchovny is making a scene because, of course, and, like, there's this long walk down the hallway where Jonah faces, uh, Jonah Hill's face, like, slowly contorts as he realizes what's happening. But in order for that scene to be funny, it should be, like, a two-second clip of, like, the... Oh! Uh, instead it goes on for like seven or eight seconds and it just feels weird and kind of um, creepy and the whole movie has this editing issue of timing issue and i think it's because of what you're talking about i feel like i always feel this way like i remember watching like a will ferrell movie back in the day and the trailer being like oh this trailer is so good and then you watch it in the movie and it's so much slower it's so much slower than the trailer the trailer they took the funny parts and put them together Right, and then in the in the actual movie, it just every every scene is like him and John C. Riley just one line, then one line, then one line, and they just they're just doing this for fucking I don't know how long. And I honestly, to me, it wasn't funny when they started. So like eight well, jokes I, in, are, I can't. I'm still not on board. Are you are you talking about Talladega Nights? I feel like they did it in I, the Step Brothers movie too. Like, and I feel like oh, I love Step Brothers. He's in other movies. Will Ferrell's in other movies too, where it's the same fucking shit. Where it's like yeah, yeah. they each take a turn saying a line. They kind of edit between them. It's clearly improv. There's no fucking script there, and I just well, we're gonna we're gonna go through this novelty. We're, novelty makes that funny, right? Like the first time or two that you see that kind of dynamic, it's really funny. So like when Anchorman came out. I would say that that was kind of like the whole oh, shit. This kind of comedy is funny, and I would say it was successful through Step Brothers. Uh-huh. But I think after Step Brothers, it's like okay, we've seen this. But Will Ferrell did that same character and that same routine for another six or seven years, and it was <laughs> diminishing returns. Clearly. Yeah, so I I think that's the perfect segue. That this formula doesn't work for me. This formula is is done. It was done, for me, it was done a long time ago. I mean, there were some moments with Steve Carell that I was really into, you know, and I I guess Will Ferrell too in Anchorman, but honestly, the whole thing of having, I mean, it really, I think for sure died with Ghostbusters because you saw Ghostbusters, the the Paul Figg remake with Kristen Wiig, just fall flat. And it was that... They they chose that improv formula, and people remembered what scripted comedy was like, and how good it was. And you're never, I you are never ever ever going to capture the same quality that a scripted comedy will give you. I do think you can get kind of, especially low budget unscripted stuff can really go, do good, which is what they were going for here. 
but well, the magic in the magic in in those improv moments is that they're based off the script. They're based off the character. They're based off the directions, right? Like, like it's it's the it's the actor bringing a certain wit or a certain mic drop blind moment to an otherwise well written script with well written characters. It's not a we don't need a script because we have an actor who can just ad lib the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, well, it's, definitely it's, the premises of this movie, the the premise, the central premise and the central characters of this movie were not good at all. And so improvising in that, there's not a lot of place to go. It's like, it's like, I don't know, I want to say if somebody was doing blackface and you're like, improvise blackface. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, why, why, that's not going to be very good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not so sure. So it's like it's that. like somebody said that literally Dreyfus, you're an entitled Jewish woman. Go. Right. Uh yes. okay, uh let me let me ask, you know, like I my grandma, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. Well, you know Julia Lee Dreyfus, she's uh she's an heiress. She's she's a billionaire heiress. So they probably just said, Hey Julia Lee Dreyfus, don't act. <laughs> you know, like, just be yourself. Yeah. And I like Julie Lee Dreyfus, Dreyfus as an actress. I'm just saying, like, she's probably she's probably as out of touch as anybody. Yeah. So it, you, it's hard <laughs> for somebody like that, right? Like, because like the thing is, is she can look at a New York character like Elaine, and she can pick at the funny parts because it's not her. She recognizes what's funny about it. But like, if you're staring at a mirror character or something like a maybe a Funhouse mirror, um, well, she probably you know, knows like, somebody that she can draw upon. For that too i think it's yeah all her circle of friends you know? <laughs> yeah all right um, so the so the second movie we did i want i want to transition is is hustle hustle stars adam sandler again i'm gonna say it juancho Her, hernan gomez uh his character's name is Bo cruz so so I'll probably just call him Bo. 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 <laughs> make it easier he's yeah, i like that he's spanish um, do you do you want to start on this one? Yeah. Um, so, whereas uh, and you kind of touched on this right now, but uh, formula movies. So, whereas you people, uh, you know, is a formula movie in the in the broadest sense, in that it's a it's kind of a you know uh, Romeo and Juliet, two sides, you know, two different factions kind of meeting and falling. Well, and it's chaos that it's an unscripted comedy, which I think is right. just so. And, yeah typical now yeah yep um this is also a very formulaic movie in fact it reminded me of uh i think it was 1993 or maybe 94 kevin bacon did a movie called the air up there where he is a basketball recruiter and he goes to africa and he finds this giant who can play anyway this is the same movie um (laughs) but it's 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 adam sandler in modern day um but what elevates this movie is all of the uh uh, intangibles that didn't work for the first film, you people. So you were talking about how Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Julia Lee Dreyfus, uh, you know David Duchovny. It's got all the pieces in play that it should looks work. Looks good on paper. It, yeah, it looks good on paper, and it does, it falls flat. Well, this movie looks good on paper, and they deliver. It's still formulaic. It, you still know exactly what's going to happen from 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 the opening scene. But Adam Sandler actually acts. He gives a real performance. This is not Billy Madison. This is Adam Sandler being a grown-up, and he's he's doing it well. Um, 
this is another movie that takes a Jewish guy and a black woman puts them together, but it's not true. in your face. <laughs> it's subtext, right? Like it's subtext. It's it's Adam Sandler. Okay, for okay, let me back up. Um, I'll give you a more a more uh, streamlined version of the plot. So Adam Sandler, uh, he is a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, the NBA team. Um, he's been with the league uh, for 30 years initially as a player. Um, who never really did anything and, and now is a scout for the 76ers. He's been loyal to this organization. Um, Robert Duvall is the, uh, the owner of the 76ers. However, he dies very early on and leaves the team to his son, played by Ben Foster. Ben Foster is a phenomenal actor. I, I love him in everything he does, and he's a real good jerk in this movie. Um, but anyway, so Adam Sandler finds, finds this, this guy, this no-name guy who's got incredible talent, great size, totally undiscovered gem and it's the trials and tribulations of him trying to get this player uh recognized and into the nba um but but again ben foster we're talking about a grade a talent who gives a very good performance adam sandler we're talking about a guy who when he chooses to act usually does pretty interesting things um you know queen latifah she's great here and again that that dynamic of the jewish man who uh was in this nba culture which let's face it means black culture right for the most part um he's got a black wife but that's not the message that the movie is hitting you over the head with it's just something that naturally lends itself to this character in this world that makes total sense these guys would be together it fits in you people it's so forced there's no chemistry there's no reason for them to be together they just are thrown in 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 hustle it's a fully fleshed out world even if it's a world that we've seen a hundred times so what number would you give this one? Okay, so you people, I would give a three. I would actually give it a little bit higher score. I do think that Eddie Murphy, for the most part, works. I think his character is a caricature, but I still was laughing for the most part when Eddie was on screen, even though everything else around him falls flat. Um, this movie, okay, for the, for the Disney-fied kind of, you know, NBA scout. Qualifying your talent, score? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you for this type of movie, I would give it an eight. Okay. I think for this type of movie, it, it really is is quite well done. Um, however, it's also very forgettable. I'll probably never watch it again. Um, so, I, in a general term, I would say six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I actually gave this movie an eight as well, and that's the same score I gave 1917. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Or maybe I gave that one a 9. I don't remember. I think I gave it an 8 as well. And, uh, you know, obviously... So there's a few things here. One is... You saw the Arab there. I saw Rocky. I saw mm-hmm. I saw Rocky remade. Um, guy that's, you know, down and out, passed over, or whatever. Nobody believes in him kind of thing. Um, but I'll tell you, man, I'll watch Rocky... I'll watch Rocky 18. They can make so many Rockies because I like any... Segway, are you watching the Creed movies? Are those movies... I watched the first one. I, I watched, watched it quite a bit. I liked both of them. I watched the second <laughs> I so liked both of them. I, I'll I, watch I the third one. I tried watching the second one. I tried watching the second one and I had it, I, it lost me like immediately. Um, but I've heard good things about number three. I liked it, you know, and I also liked uh, the movie Miracle. If you yeah, saw Miracle's, that one. Miracle is, is the... I'm glad you brought it up. Miracle... <laughs> Hustle, they're both like the same it's thing. It's the same thing. I mean, but I don't, Miracle is a real story. But I like, don't get tired you know, of it. it. 
Because I love right. any movie where somebody works hard and achieves their goal. <laughs> it just yeah. it never gets old and to me. And the little moments the little sorry, go ahead. There's something about watching somebody work really hard. And I think for me, when it's a physical sport, it's more dramatic. There's something about watching somebody run up a hill, run up some stairs again and again, and you're like, Man, that guy that guy did that. You know what I mean? He's not pretending to read a book and study in a montage when he didn't, you know. That actor ran up that those stairs or that hill as fast as he could. That's what they told the him Tom to do. Cruise thing. The Tom it's Cruise the Tom thing. Cruise idea, yeah. Right? Like he's a superstar because we know he's really out there doing it. It it doesn't get old and it's a whole movie of that. <laughs> the other thing that I think this movie is really interesting that they did differently is they got real basketball players everybody in this is a real person often playing another person so uh Bo as well as Bo's rival they're both NBA players and literally everybody in this movie is an NBA player either playing themselves or playing a prospect for the NBA and so I mean or if they're not NBA they're like YouTube stars um, etc. Street ballers, that kind of thing. Famous yeah. people, yeah. And so they can ball. All of them can ball. That's me. That's my urban. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even even Adam Sandler, like he's not like an athlete, you know, but no. he's a well-known baller, and he's he like from what I hear, he's pretty decent. Like this is a movie that was made with care and attention. Yeah, he he definitely likes basketball. It comes up in a lot of his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and what what this movie does well too is the little moments, the little character moments. Like, um, you know, again, it's it's cliche and it's been done, but like the moment where uh, the bow realizes that everything is being done on Adam Sandler's dime, he and his wife's dime, and and he he gets it, he gets that this is not just a standard relationship that Adam Sandler is going out the extra mile on the you know and putting it all out there for him um, when he's reunited with his daughter. Like they like, I don't think this bow is is like an actor. I think he's like you said a real. He base, is. A he played for player. the Minnesota whatevers. I don't follow basketball. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> I, I live in Minnesota, and I didn't know that. Um, but but my my point is like, he's not an actor, so like I'm not expecting a real deep performance from him. But even in those little moments, he he carries his weight, and and it taking the the time to focus on those little moments is what gives this movie depth. Whereas you people. Just, there's, there's, it's non. Okay, I don't want to keep on jumping back and forth, but there's one scene okay. in people that works. Um, so in the middle of the movie, because you know they have to have a fight, there is there is one scene where Jonah Hill and 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 Lauren are in their bedroom. Um, they're having a fight because they just had. So both their parents just met for the first time and it did not go well. Okay, th- there's a five minute scene where it's not a joke every other second. It's not all just improv, ad-lib bullshit. There's a real moment between these two people, a real sense of frustration. You can tell that they love each other, but there's genuine concern about whether or not this is going to work. Maybe they're too different. That one scene is literally the only scene that works in the movie. But Hustle is a movie full of those scenes. And and it's why I cared about it. It's why I wasn't rolling my eyes and, and just... I fucking hated you people. I hated you people. <laughs> it's it's not as bad as Glass Onion, but it's damn close. We're going to mention Glass Onion in every single episode, I think. 
so far. Uh, you know, <laughs> until his next one, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I mean, he. He's good. They. I don't know what they do to get actors to cry these days. There's no way he's. They must have some kind of like salts or something off camera. There's a close up of. Bo Cruz when he cries at one point, and I was like, they must. They must have something, and he just, they're just like, it's going to come, it's going to come, buddy. You're going to feel yep. stinging in your eyes, and just pretend to be sad. <laughs> they're just, like, poking him in his ankle. Below uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do think that this movie probably is the best movie it could have been. Um, I think you could replace Adam Sandler you'd probably make a lateral move. You know what I mean? It wouldn't really be any better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. He, Adam brings a good performance, but it's not uniquely good. Like they, this role could have been filled by a number of. Yeah. Like actors I think, or actresses. um, I can't remember his name. The super famous guy in fences and God, why don't you use that movie? Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington, you know, somebody yeah. that's, that's, um, a like, little more of a dramatic think... actor. I think the reason that Adam Sandler works is because he's, he, I mean, listen, he is a little unathletic Jewish guy. Right. Right? Yeah. So he's a natural outsider of the NBA. Because, because again, this movie is about, not only is this movie about Bo um, get, getting Bo into the NBA, this movie is about Adam Sandler finally proving himself after 30 years. Right? It is the underdog Rocky story. And if you had a guy like Denzel who just immediately commands respect from, you know, I, like, Denzel could walk into the NBA locker room and everybody would be like, oh, shit, Denzel. Well, would this movie have worked with Jonah Hill, then? He's the opposite. Um, but he's more in line. Well, do you, did you see Moneyball? I did. That's a good movie. Jonah Hill's... He, it's excellent. And Jonah Hill's very good in it. Um, Maybe that's and, why and it wouldn't have worked with him, because he already did it. Well, well, and it's a different version of this character. Yeah. Right? Like, I think, I think the Moneyball version of Jonah Hill would work in this role but i i just i don't think it would be as good um i yeah. off off the top of my head i can't think of another actor but but the point stands that this did not have to be an adam sandler project yeah to work. yeah i feel like it could i i feel like my initial because you said oh on paper it looks good and it delivers but i felt the opposite on paper this looks awful but i really did enjoy it a lot um yeah and adam sandler well he i shows, just mean he like, shows up you know, he shows up sometimes. If, if a movie has, uh, okay, Adam Sandler, you know, set him aside. If a movie has Robert Duvall and Ben Foster, um, well, that in and of itself is it probably going to get me to watch it. Um, but Adam Sandler, I do think when he, like, when I think about Adam Sandler's dramatic roles, he's, I mean, he's hitting like 700. You know, like, uh, Rain Over Me doesn't really work, but um, Punch Drunk Love is great. Um, I know that you didn't really like Uncut Gems, no, I hated but that I movie. think the performance, the, whether or not you like the movie, I think his performance is decent. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I think more often than not, is my point, when he does something dramatic, when he stretches himself a little bit, he usually delivers, even if it's not in a uniquely great way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the basketball, right? The basketball was good in this, too. Like when they yep, actually absolutely. play, it all looks really good. Yep, uh, it was. It was entertaining, and there's a there's a kinetic energy from the movie, from the basketball, from the exercise montages. Um, this movie has it hustles. It literally hustles. It does. Yeah, it moves at a good pace too. 
I never felt like yep. it was boring or yeah. This movie did have the fourth act. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> the, the five months later, six months later, or whatever it was. Well, also there was the cl- clear climax where they would have like in the past done like the mighty oh, the mighty MVP, ducks yeah, flying yeah, V yeah. or something, yep. and then it just didn't. And, and, and he, yeah, I I kind of, well so uh, it's funny because we talked about I I think sometimes fourth acts can feel unnecessary and overlong. Um, but I do kind of like it because what you're referring to spoilers everybody for this movie. Um, so uh, Bo does get into the NBA combine, and and for those unaware, it's it's like the combine is where all the scouts, all the teams are, and they're evaluating the draft picks. Um, and it's it's a big win just to get. Well, Bo that's in. the climax. But, the, the that's the third act movie. climax of the movie where you would expect right. him. Of a, yeah, of a normal movie, right. this is where he shows up. And he, he shows everybody how talented he is. And it starts to go there. But the whole movie, we, we've, we've learned that Bo is a hothead. And, and it comes back around to bite him in the ass again here. Right. But, so, but training montage, they specifically yes. improve that. So yes. that's the thing. is you, He already kind of made a, made a mistake once. Training montage, you expected him to show up the second time. But then he yep. fails, and then there's a fourth act where it's like, "Hey, you get another chance," and yep. that it does kind of earn it though, because the the introduction of the of his his daughter does change things, right? Because like in their hotel reunion, um, well, the whole movie Bo's in a funk, and we realize that he's in a funk now because he's been away from his daughter so long, and there's this uplifting reunion scene. And then she's brought back in in this combine scene, and the antagonist uses the daughter against Bo. Right. I don't know though. I don't feel like it does earn it. <laughs> does Bo earn get a second chance? I guess I guess he does. But well, he gets a third chance. A third really. chance, yeah. So I I don't know. Um, you know, formulas. I think the fourth act was invented to break the formula because we got all we all got used to seeing that third act and wrap things wrapping up and we didn't like it we said oh it just wrapped up so conveniently so what we did was we had people fail one more time and then we wrapped things up really conveniently in the fourth act (laughs) yeah it's like what if we m night Shyamalan twist the third act you know like yeah you thought that was gonna happen yeah so i think i think that that for me has gotten old it still works a little bit maybe but for me i think i think i'm good i think we need to go back to shorter movies like if he Agreed. if he had just well, succeeded in that you people you people is two hours and 15 minutes long by the way <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't bring that up earlier because this movie needed to be 75 to 80 minutes tops and yeah. it was two hours and 15 minutes long so here's a, oh, here's an God. alternative right for that combine scene right what if instead of assaulting that other dude when Bo was, you know, what if he had just pulled it together <laughs> and and succeeded right there? Is the movie any better or worse? Um, well, it's certainly shorter. <laughs> yeah, you don't get quite the quite the low and the turnaround, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all I've that's all I've got for today. <laughs> well, let me. Uh, what, what are we calling this next segment? Just a recommendation. We're trying to put something out recommendation. there that people might not be watching, but 
Well, I, I have a segue and a recommendation. Okay. Um, so there is a film coming out on the 10th, March 10th. So it will probably be about a week after this podcast debuts, and it's called Champions. Um, Champions is the exact same formula as The Mighty Ducks, talking about a formula movie. And in this film, uh, Woody Harrelson plays a um, NBA coach. Uh, I think he is like a – well, not NBA coach. I think he's like a, a – a, a, a minor league coach or, yeah. or, you know, a feeder league coach. Anyway, he gets into some trouble and he is sentenced to coach this team of um, of uh, developmentally disabled athletes okay. in the Special Olympics. Okay. And now, this sounds like it could go off the rails, okay? But let me just say, I actually coached the Special Olympics in Fresno for the Central Valley. I did it for two years. And... Um, what I really enjoy about this movie is that they're not getting like typical actors to play the team. Mm-hmm. These are actually actors with developmental disabilities. If you watch the trailer, they're really funny and natural. Um, the movie does treat them with respect, even though it is kind of poking fun at it. But uh, anyway, I just I, I think this is going to be another version of a formulaic movie that that works on a couple different levels. It's directed by Bobby Farrelly of the Farrelly Brothers. This is his first yeah. film that he's directing on his own, um, and and kind of like what you mentioned uh, when you were looking at Hustle that you weren't that you could see a, a potential mess um, on paper. This movie screams potential mess. It's kind of a delicate subject. Um, we're talking about Bobby Farrelly who hasn't. Uh, well, he's he's had some dramatic successes recently, but he hasn't had a comedy work in quite some time. Um, but based off the trailer, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm looking forward to it, and it'll be out on March 10th. Awesome. Only in theaters. Well, we'll have to see it and then do a review. You got it. All right, man. Well, excellent uh, recording here, my friend, <laughs> and uh, we will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good night.